Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Of course, you know, I got out on, on, uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning, and I ministered on healing like I ministered here before I left. And, uh, you know, I, I gave a, a word on how that uh, we're not to tolerate sickness, we're not to tolerate lack, we're not to tolerate anything of the devil's work in our, in our lives. That it's time for the church to rise up. God wants his people well. He wants his people to prosper, amen? And uh, so I ministered that on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and we went through the weekend. And on Monday of the next week, I'm in Bible school, right? So Monday morning, I'm supposed to get up and ministering the Bible school. And I spent almost the entire night, Monday night, I was up all night vomiting Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night, getting ready for Monday morning. Vomiting, diarrhea, just, just, I mean, the devil hit me with symptoms that, that I haven't experienced in years. And so I got to the Bible school Monday morning and got up to minister. And I'd been in there about uh, 30 minutes, I guess, not even that long. And I almost fell out physically in the floor. I was so weak. And uh, chest pains, and the last time I had chest pains like that, it was really serious, you know. And uh, I stopped and I said, you know, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, you'll have to excuse me for a minute. So I, I slipped out. So Angela came in and finished that session, I think, and she did the next two days, all three sessions every day. And I mean, I went home, I was vomiting. I was, I was so sick. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I t Angela said after we were driving home that day, she said, you do realize this is the first time in your entire ministry you've ever stepped out of the pulpit because you were sick. So that's the truth. In 38 and a half years pastoring, and even before that when I ministered, in over 40 years, I've never one time left the pulpit sick and just had to quit, never. And other than having had surgery and not able to come back in the pulpit because of surgery, I've never failed to go into the pulpit because I was sick. Now, I've done it a lot of times with symptoms on my body. And usually, when you get into the pulpit, even though you're weak and you've got symptoms, usually the anointing will come, almost always. The anointing will come, and it sort of drives that out. And either it either drives it out or you just don't notice it because you're more of aware of, of, of the anointing. And, uh, and a lot of times then when you get out of the pulpit, those symptoms will be gone. Sometimes they come back. Well, on this occasion, uh, you know, I, I got up and, and I'm telling you what, I thought, well, it'd be better to sit down than fall in the floor in front of all these students. And, uh, and so I did. I, 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 I sat out the next two days. And so I got back in the class on Wednesday morning and Wednesday night, I got hit with this sinus thing and sore throat, sinuses plugged up and coughing. And, and I thought, you know, the devil is such a, a liar. You know, I, if he thinks I'm going to back down or compromise or change what I preach because of some dumb symptoms, he got, he's, he's, he's come into the game too late for this. Amen. I'm not about to change what I believe or change what I practice or change what I say. Glory to God. Because the Bible is true. The word of God is true. It's not dependent on what I do. It's dependent on what he's already done. Amen. And, uh, and so, you know, we, uh, 
uh, like Brother Steve said this morning, you know, you start off the year and, and, uh, and, and he does attack. But like I said before I left, on that Sunday before I left, the enemy might come, but you make up your mind no matter what. I am going to stand, I'm going to believe, I'm going to confess the truth, I'm going to say the same thing, glory to God. And it doesn't matter what seems to happen, glory to God, God's word will prevail. It's prevailing in my life right now, it's going to prevail in your life, glory to God. Hallelujah. So, you know, just uh, overlook my squeaky, froggy voice this morning. Uh, it'll, it'll be okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you found uh, Mark chapter 11? In verse number 12, it says, Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. He was Jesus, of course. He being Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves... He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it, but when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the season, for it was not the season for figs. Now, what they tell us about fig trees in that part of the world is there's a season when the leaves are there and they're bearing fruit and figs are always on the vine. And then there's another season when there can be leaves on the tree or not leaves on the tree. It's not really the season for figs, but because of the climate, sometimes there can be leaves and sometimes figs and not sometimes figs. Well, this was that, that season. It really wasn't the season for figs, but it, the, the figs could have been there. And so he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. First, verse, first part of verse 15, so they came to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was about uh, a two-hour walk from Bethany. wasn't very far at all. Uh, and then the next few verses tell us about how he cleansed the temple there in Jerusalem. In verse 19, it says, when evening had come, he went out of the city. That means he left Jerusalem, he and his disciples, and they went back to Bethany. Now, in the morning in Bethany and on their way back to Jerusalem. In the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses." In the time in which we live, in these last days, living by faith is, well, I started to say it's more important than ever. It really isn't any, any more important than ever. It's always been critical. But in the days in which we're living right now, it is, well, let me put it this way. You're not going to be able to be the Christian you need to be and overcome the way you need to overcome and 
have the light shining through you the way it needs to shine and be able to withstand what the enemy is doing in these last days. You're not gonna do it unless you know how to live by faith. Living by faith is in that sense because of the time we're living in, you could say it's more critical than ever. Amen? Jesus lived this way. This isn't some kind of strange, uh, you know, modern idea. Jesus lived and practiced this kind of faith. Jesus came up to a fig tree that was fully alive and said to it, no one eat fruit from you ever again. Jesus didn't have to say that. He didn't have to do that. He did that to make a point and he did it to teach his disciples something because the Bible says the disciples heard him. Now, if you go back and you look at this passage, it says that when he was on his way from Bethany to, to Jerusalem, that, that he saw a fig tree afar off. Well, that means it wasn't close by. It was at some distance. And so he went to see if there were any figs on the tree. It doesn't say they went. It says he went to see if there were any figs on the tree. And when he came to the tree, he didn't find figs, just leaves. And so he said to the fig tree, no one eat fruit on you, from you forever again. And, it, and it's interesting to me that it, it, that it records this part and the disciples heard it. Now, why in the world would the Holy Spirit include those words? You could, you could leave those words out an entire, entirely and not really seemingly take anything away from this narrative because the disciples weren't in view here. This was something that, that Jesus observed. Jesus went out of his way, some distance at least, to this fig tree to examine it and finding no figs on it, he said to it, no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples evidently still at, at, uh, in the road where they, were, where they were going, they heard him say it. Jesus said it for their benefit. I said, Jesus said it for their benefit. Jesus cursed the fig tree for their benefit. He wanted to teach his disciples something about faith. Now, the next day, they went on into Jerusalem and he uh, cleansed the temple. We can, you can read more about that in verses 15, 16, and 17. And then on the next morning, they went home that evening. The next morning, on their way back to Jerusalem, the disciples, or Peter in particular, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. That is, all of them saw the, saw the fig tree. They saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. In other words, it had died from the bottom up. Something had happened at the, at the base of that, at the, at the root of that fig tree. It had died from the root and was, and was dried up. And Peter, remembering what had been said, he said to Jesus, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and said to all of them, have faith in God. Now, most, most modern translations translate it this way. Have faith in God. 
But literally, what it says is, have faith of God. Four words are in the Greek. Have faith of God. Now, I was reading even this morning in Worrell's translation of the New Testament. And uh, many people back in the day that Worrell's translation was, was first uh, uh, published, many people believed that, that the Worrell translation of the New Testament was the most accurate to the Greek of all of the modern translations. Now, since then, a whole slew of translations have come out. But when Worrell's translation was, was published, many Greek authorities uh, really uh, credited this translation as being the most uh, precise. And there's a note in Worrell's translation, I was reading it this morning, and it said that if Jesus had intended to say, have the faith or have faith in God, the way it's translated, it would have been very easy in the Greek to have rendered it that way. Very easy. But it wasn't rendered that way at all. In the Greek, it was have faith of God. And you can insert the word the in there just for clarification. And what it's saying is have the faith of God. Have God's faith. So in, in my old uh, Cambridge uh, Bible that I first started preaching out of in the 1980s, uh, I know in, in the margin of that Bible, it renders that have the faith of God. And so that's where we get the idea a lot of times or the, or the phrase, have the God kind of faith. Because that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, have the faith of God. Have God's faith. Why do we emphasize that so much? It's because Jesus emphasized that. He was teaching his disciples. Now his disciples were gonna be the ones who would take his gospel to the world. This isn't something he necessarily taught to the masses. This isn't a lesson he gave on, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. It wasn't part of that. This was, a, this was a very close, intimate, personal teaching and example that Jesus gave his disciples who would be charged with the responsibility of taking this gospel and preaching it all over the world. Well, we've come to the day right now in which this gospel must be proclaimed in its entirety, in its fullness, all over the world, and who is gonna do it but you and me? Faith isn't all there is to the gospel. Let me make that clear. There's a lot in the Bible. There's a lot in the New Testament that we need to know. But I'm telling you, as those who are charged with the responsibility of taking this great gospel, you have to start with the principle of faith because without it, you'll not get the job done. We will not get the job done without, without mastering this kind of faith. If Paul made this statement, he wrote to the, to the uh, Thessalonians and he said, I desire to see you face to face so that I can perfect that which is lacking in your faith. If there's something lacking in our faith, it needs to be perfected. Amen. We must have perfected faith. Without perfected, without perfected faith, we will not live in the best God has for us.
We're just going to have to pass by some of the things God has for us if our faith is not where it should be. And Jesus was teaching his closest associates, those who would be most uh, directly charged with going into all the world and communicating this whole gospel. You have to have faith. Have the God kind of faith. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God it's available. Amen. Like I said, Jesus lived this way. Not just here. I mean, he, he exemplified this here. He spoke to a tree. And the next day, the tree was dead. But Jesus lived by faith everywhere he went. When Jesus was in the synagogue and the man was there with the withered hand, before Jesus ever called the man out, it says that, that those in the synagogue, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were watching him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so they could accuse him. So Jesus, knowing the accusation, knowing the, the opposition, he sees a man with a withered hand and he says, step up here, son, step up here. Now, you, you, we, we look at that sometimes and we, we always have to remind ourselves that uh, yes, he was Jesus, the son of God, but he wasn't operating as God. See, to, the, to, to most readers, to most Christians even, everything Jesus did, he did from the standpoint that he was God and, and he just knew he was God. He could do whatever he wanted to. He was in another realm. Uh, but we have to remember that Jesus emptied himself. He took on all of the limitations of natural man. He took on all the limitations of the, in the physical realm in the mental realm, Jesus didn't just know everything about or that went on that was going on around him. If he was operating in, as God, who knows everything, he wouldn't have had to ask who touched me. Right. Remember when the woman came up, you know, and touched him. You know, he, he wouldn't have had to ask somebody to who was that. No, he wasn't operating. He was God, of course. He was God. But he had laid aside his, his power and glory as God and he operated within the limitations and within the, the framework of humanity. So when he called that man out in the synagogue and said, step up here and, and right here where everybody can see you, that was an act of faith. That was an act of faith. He said, well, he, he knew God would back him up just like you do just like you do. But have you ever hesitated? Yeah, God's gonna back me up, but whoo, boy. Amen. It took faith to call that man up. Everything Jesus did, he did as a man operating with the word of God, operating under the anointing of God, but he did it by faith. He lived by faith. Hallelujah. If we're going to live like him, we're going to have to master this life of faith. Amen. And that, that means making up our mind to get it faith's way. To get it faith's way. To go after it the way of faith. You know, I ministered in the Bible school or in the, in the uh, sessions this week. You know, don't just automatically go to the medicine cabinet. If you've got symptoms on your body, don't just automatically go to the medicine cabinet. I ministered that here before I left. Use your faith. 
Amen. Take, make up your mind. I'm not going to be sick. I'm not going to have lack in my life. And we, we went out to lunch with some ministers and there was another couple from California. We've never been to their church, but we've, we've known them for several years. And we were sitting around at lunch that day in a restaurant. And she said on the way to, after they left the meeting that morning, on their way to the restaurant, she started getting some kind of a scratchy, something going on in her throat. And she said, I thought to myself, well, when I get back to the hotel, I'll just take. And then she stopped and said, wait a minute. That's exactly what Pastor Anderson's been talking about. We always want to go to the, to, to the easy, natural, quick remedy rather than take our faith and just say, no, you don't, devil. You're not putting this on me. Not now, not tomorrow. I'm not having it. Amen. And like I said last year, last Sunday of the year, the devil will fight you. He will fight you. You're not going to take new ground for God and not be challenged. He will fight you. He's gonna see whether you believe what you say or not. What, do you really believe it? Do you really believe it? Are you really, at what point are you gonna throw in the towel? At what point are you gonna go another route? Come on. Jesus lived by faith. He's expecting us to live by faith. Glory to God. Well, Hallelujah. Notice this, go back to Mark 11 again. Are you getting anything out of this? Mark 11, verse 14 says, in response, Jesus said to it. Now I'm reading from the new King James. The older King James, I think, says he answered. He answered and said to it. Years ago, I read a commentary somewhere that, that kind of messed me up for a while. And this commentary said that, because you notice there's many times in the New Testament where it'll say Jesus answered. Jesus answered and said unto them. This writer, uh, in this commentary a number of years ago, I read this. He said this was just a common idiom of speech in that day. It doesn't really mean that he was answering something. It was just a, it was just a way of speech, a way of saying something, sort of an introductory way to introduce a, a sentence. And so for a long time, I dismissed those phrases where it says, he answered and said unto it. But I was noticing here in my new King James, that's not what that was at all. It says, in response, Jesus said to it. In response, in response to what? No fruit. In response to no fruit on the tree, Jesus answered it. In response, he said to it. I'm gonna tell you, you have to answer every manifestation of no fruit. Every manifestation of no fruit has to be answered. There has to be a response. It, it doesn't matter if it's no healing fruit, no financial fruit, no joy fruit, no peace fruit. Whatever the lack of benefit, whatever the lack of provision in your life, when there's lack there, you have to respond to it. You have to answer it. Because if you don't, it will just run you over. If you don't answer lack in your life, you'll have more lack. If you don't answer sickness in your life, you'll have more sickness. If you don't answer de despair in your life, you'll despair even more. If you don't answer uh, 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 dis discouragement, 
in your life, if you don't answer uh, uh, oppression in your life, you'll just have more of it. The enemy is, is listening for your response. He's listening for your response. Now, I, I can tell you sometimes it'll look like your response doesn't make any difference. It'll look like sometimes your response is no response. You're responding and nothing's happening. But I'm telling you that the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Well, I resisted the devil and he didn't flee, Pastor. How do you know? How do you know he didn't flee? James said, resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah, but, but, but I'm resisting and, and it's just as bad. I'm telling you, a lot of times the devil is like this. And, and, and he's still waiting and hoping that you're gonna give up. These symptoms and these problems are still, are still lingering and he's like this. He's, still, he's hoping you'll throw in the towel. You feel like he's up here in your face. He's back in the corner hoping you'll give up, hoping you'll back down. Amen. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You just got to keep on resisting him. Amen. Answer it. Answer it. Every lack of, of, of fruit, every, every lack of any kind in your life, answer it. Hallelujah. You have to answer it. Praise the Lord. For verily, Jesus said, surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Hallelujah. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. The master said it. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Jesus said so. Yeah, you remember when you were a child? Yeah, but mama said so. Yeah, but daddy said so. Glory to God. Jesus said so. He said it. He said it. He didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't messed up when he said it. He wasn't confused when he said it. He, he said to these guys, to Peter of all people, the one that was gonna say, I never knew the man. I don't know him. I've never met him and then cussed about it. To Peter, to the rest of them that abandoned Jesus that night, he said to them, Whoever says, you know, whoever's for whoever, it's for anybody. If whoever in John 3, 16 belongs to you, then whoever in Mark eleven twenty three belongs to you. Amen. For God so loved the world that whoever believes on him. Well, if that whoever is, is for you, this whoever is for you. Well, glory. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Well, we know this is talking about his spirit, the inward man, the heart of man. Does not doubt in his heart, but believes, that is, believes in his heart, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. The Weist uh, commentator, commentary rather, 
where it says, believes those things he said will be done. The way Weist says that, I believe, is uh, whoever says and believes what he says comes to pass. Do you believe what you say come to, comes to pass? I'm gonna ask that again. Do you believe what you say comes to pass? See, it's not just in, in, in a particular situation. It's not just right now when you speak to the fig tree. Do you believe it comes to pass? Do you believe those things you say come to pass? That's what Weist was saying. This in the Greek really means. Whoever says and believes those things he says comes to pass. Yes. We, have to, we have to start being a little more, well, a lot more actually a lot more diligent where our words are concerned and not be so flippant about saying things. If you believe your words come to pass, if you really believe that, you're gonna start talking a little more accurately. Amen. You're not gonna be talking about what you have and what you've experienced and your trouble. If you, talk, if you talk sickness, if you talk doubt, if you talk fear, it's just gonna multiply in your life. Why? Because you're gonna, see, you're gonna have what you say. We, we use this, this principle to, to try to train ourselves. But the fact of the matter is, what you say, you say because you believe it. You say the things you say because you really believe them. Well, we say things a lot of times that are negative and we don't think anything about it, but the reason we say it is because that's the way it's always been. I, I, you could meddle here. You could meddle. Well, it's just like, and then we spout off. Well, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, we, we always, every time, every time I go out in public, something like this happens. I never find a parking place. It's always gonna rain. We talk in the negative vein so often and we talk because we actually believe that. We say things because they've been established on the inside of us for a long, long time and it takes practicing faith to get it out. It takes believing that, you, that what you say comes to pass, actually putting faith in that to change those negative, those, those neg that negative bias that we have so often. Now, we have that negative bias because of life. Because it does always seem to go wrong. It does always seem like the bad thing happens. Because in life, that's the experience people have. Then we begin to reinforce that by talking about it. The only way that'll ever change, the only way to break that cycle is to start saying and start believing, I can change my life with my mouth. 
I can change those negative things, those things that have dogged my family, those things that have dogged me physically, those things that, that are just common. And Listen, we don't have to live like everybody. That's the good thing. We don't have to accept the negative things that happen all around us all the time. Yes, as long as we're here, we're going to be attacked. As long as we live, we're going to have, we're going to, we're surrounded in a, by a world of negativity. And, and, and there are things that come against us every day. But when we begin to say, when we begin to get a hold of the scripture, that we can have what we say. And we begin to believe the words that I say come to pass. And we start speaking them with that confidence and with, from that position. I'm telling you, it's life altering. It's life altering. Now to do that, you're gonna stand out in this world. Because everybody at work is talking about the flu season. Or they're talking about layoffs. Or they're talking about inflation, or they're talking about the Democrats, or they're talking about the Republicans, or they're talking about this problem and that problem and this negative thing and that negative thing. People are constantly, if you stop doing that, you're going to stand out. I'm interested in standing out. I like the idea of standing out. I like the idea of, of uh, being that person that says, you know what? I'm not going to get laid off. I'm not going to lose my job. I'm not going to experience, my children aren't going to go crazy. I'm not going to lose my kids. I'm not going to lose my finances. I'm not going to lose my marriage. I'm not going to lose my, my anything. I like the idea of being that person on the job that stands out among all people because they always have something different to say. It, 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 they, they are always, they're always speaking in a positive line. And it's not just positivity, it's speaking in line with the word of God. When you speak in line with the word of God, you'll stand out and people won't understand you. But you see, if you, if you believe that, the, that what you say comes to pass, if you believe that and start practicing that on a day-to-day -day basis, it's not going to be very long before your life begins to make a noticeable change. It's gonna start tacking to a different direction, a different bent in your life. Your words will begin to control your life. And the people at, at, at work or where you associate that think you're just a little bit odd, it won't be very long before in secret when they have a need, they'll be coming to you. Because they'll know you're a person of faith, that you, don't, that you believe differently than, other, than, than they believe and other people around them. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. It matters. It matters what we say. Glory to God. Your words control your life. My words control my life. Amen. Circumstances, I, I made up, I've made up my mind, circumstances are not gonna control me. Symptoms are not gonna control me. Circumstances are not gonna control me. The devil's not gonna control me. I'm gonna control my world with my words.
because I believe it in my heart. Oh, glory to God. God wants all of his children to rise up, live by faith, start saying the right things and start believing that what you say comes to pass. Jesus said, you'll have what you say. He didn't say, he didn't say it'll, it'll, it'll show up necessarily the next day. He said, but you say it and it'll, and it'll come to pass. You see, when I say something, I've, I've found out that when I say something by faith, even if it doesn't look like it's coming to pass, if I don't stop saying it, if I don't stop believing it, it, will sh- it, it, it shows up. It shows up, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Why? Because the devil cannot maintain an attack against somebody who will not give in, who will not change, who will not back down, who will not turn. Well, let's stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Uh, Thank you, Father, thank you, Father, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Well, you're good. You're good, Father. (laughs) You're good to us. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that the entrance of your word gives light. We've received light today. We've received understanding today. And we purpose, Lord, to go out and to say the right things. To say them because we believe them in our heart. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. To stay in faith. To stay in forgiveness. To stay in love. Glory to God and not change. Oh, thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.